Ah, greetings to all of you uh, in this new uh, quarter, unit one of this new summer quarter. Uh, our authors have entitled this particular unit, uh, Servants and Healers. And uh, uh, the first unit, uh, we're going to talk about uh, faithful to serve, faithful to serve out of the Old Testament. Okay. Um, first name, chapter three, verses one through nine, uh, verses 19 through 20. Then we're going to jump over to chapter seven, verses three through five, and uh, verses 10 and 12. The authors have entitled our lesson, Samuel's Call and Ministry. What a great lesson uh, today. Uh, you know, many times, uh, uh, especially before we had the structured family church school, uh, you, you hardly ever had a lesson in the adult uh, family church school on uh, this lesson. It was mostly... Uh, reserved for uh, our children. But uh, it is uh, indeed one of the most powerful examples of God working in the lives of his anointed uh, people. It is also uh, Samuel uh, is, is a, uh, an individual in the Bible who you can go and point to where God moved or transitions from one form of government, from one form of polity to another, it can be attributed right to Samuel. And I understand how some folk uh, get it mixed up. They think that uh, Samuel uh, was a judge, uh, but that's not what uh, Samuel, the writer, tells us. Uh, it points out his calling. Uh, and his ministry, and that's what we're going to look at today. But uh, the reason why it is for us uh, today is that uh, it gives us some clear uh, cut directions uh, or instructions or uh, aids to enable us to discern when God is talking or when God is calling, and what God requires when he calls. It is really interesting to me because it's one of the subjects that uh, for years I have uh, wrestled with, entertained, studied, uh, evaluated, uh, uh, even as it pertains to, and certainly as it pertains to my own life. Call is serious. A call of God is serious. And uh, I don't think it should be taken lightly. And I think uh, to give uh, a lot of folk the benefit of the doubt uh, is that uh, uh, many folk uh, think that a call, a call either to salvation or to ministry has gotta be accompanied by some grand uh, eye-opening, earth-shaking event, Sister Gwen. You know, you know, it's it's like uh, <clears throat> you 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 know the day that Donovan asked you to marry you some thirty-nine 
uh, plus years ago. You 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 remember that day how the earth seemed to move and and shake. Uh, he he was calling you into this covenant ministry, one that would last for some thirty nine years, and we certainly congratulate you on that and that you responded to the call appropriately and that Brother Donovan responded to the call appropriately. And there are those of you who are been called into uh, what we call the ministry uh, and, uh, and, and specifically the ministry of sharing uh, God's word. Uh, we, we think that, uh, that there's gotta, it's gotta be it accompanied by some great significant earth-shaking event you know uh, the type that uh, you know sister thompson or donovan would remember uh, and, and certainly you know if god's calling you and talking to you certainly you would remember that but i would suggest to you that uh, uh memories do fade and even if they your memory uh is real good, you will find that it was not as dramatic as some of us purported it to be. And some of us have not responded accordingly to God's call simply because it was not accompanied by some earth shattering event. Today, we're going to look at the anatomy of a call. We're going to look at uh, how in the life of this uh, uh, prophet uh, uh, called Samuel. Yes, Samuel is a prophet. He, he was not, in fact, uh, a, a judge. He is a prophet. He is that pivotal point in the life of uh, uh, the nation of Israel that moves it to uh, priestly, prophet, and ultimately kingdom uh, 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 polity or forms of government. We're gonna see that this morning. We're gonna see how it, it, it applies to us uh, this morning. So let's get started, let's get started. I, we're in capable hands if we, now, uh, here's what I would like. Um, I would like, uh, uh, Sister Stallings, if you would, would you uh, open up and be my first reader? Uh, we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, and I want uh, Sister uh, Stallings to read verses 1 uh, and 2 of uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3. And I saw in the chat where... Uh, Deacon uh, Joe Richardson has already shared with you uh, what the complete text is for those of you who didn't put in your book and see, and that's why he had to put that up there because he knows y'all, he stood out there in that hot sun and y'all didn't pick up your family church school book. <laughs> it got started. So Stalins, if you would, please. First okay. Samuels chapter three, verse one. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Verse 2. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. Understand what uh, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3, 
verse one uh, opens up with. It opens up with the fact that the child Samuel, and don't let the word child fool you. Yes, he was uh, taken to the temple by his mother and because she had promised, she had made a vow that if God would give her a child that he, she would give that child uh, back to the Lord. She would dedicate that child to the Lord. And so she, in fact, her and her husband had taken uh, uh, Samuel to the temple. And there we find little Samuel serving. That, that's what verse one says. And he, he, he served under Eli, the priest. Now, now you guys know about Eli. Uh, 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 and 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 that's why I always caution all of you: don't get all worked up when you got uh, people in positions that you don't think should be there. Uh, it, it's not about your opinion; it's what's God's opinion of them, because God is quite capable, Brother Bolden, of ha ha handling anybody and everybody, no matter where they are. God's got this thing. And so Eli is there. He is the chief priest. He's, uh, according to uh, these verses, he is grown old, but he's still in the temple. And now this young boy is there helping in some way. It is not clear if you just read the verses here, but he's there in the temple. But we know from the previous verses that as a very young child, once, as a matter of fact, the uh, uh, scripture says, Sister Vanessa, once he was weaned from his mother, he was taken to the temple. And, and now he's in the temple and he's helping old man Eli, the old priest Eli. Uh, 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 and, and Eli was an interesting character because uh, he was the priest and, and he had some boys. And, and, and see, whatever you think about people, uh, just remember one thing. Only God's uh, opinion about people really matters because there's only God that can judge. Because even in Samuel, I read my first reading of anything about Eli and his family was that Eli had got slack in his duties and uh, he had raised some boys. Uh, that according to the scripture, now this is according to the word, it says they were sons, not of Eli, but of the devil, Belial. They were sons. Now, when God says that you are a son of a devil, you're a devil. And that's exactly what he said. And matter of fact, one translation says the sons of Eli were worthless. Because if you are sons of the devil, you are worthless. And, and they did it. These guys did some of everything. They, they, they co contaminated the temple. They, they laid with women in the temple. Uh, they totally disregarded any of the priestly duties, of the sacred duties that they were to perform as sons of the high priest Eli. And Eli sat and watched all of that happen. But there is one in the midst of this Eli family that God is raising up, that God is about to do something in, and we're going to be introduced to him today. It is in the person of this child, Samuel. And you know what, what the, 
you know, one, one, one part and thought to, I, I know today with all the things that are going on in, in public school and, and all, and schools in general, but, 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 you know, a lot of folk, you know, I, you know, I want my children to go to private school. Well, that's good. That's your choice. I, I want my children to go to a, a Christian private school, but that's all. But you know what? When, 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 uh, Samuel's mother and father took him to the temple. They thought they were taking him to a place of protection, that he would be sheltered from all this evilness. But 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 they put him right in the house amongst uh, some boys that were evil sons, that were sons of the devil. So you, the, the thing about it, though, is that notice that the parents never stopped praying for Samuel. They never stopped. And that's what it takes. Send your children wherever, but don't ever forget. You need to pray for them and you need to pray for them on a regular basis because you don't know what kind of environment. You think you know what kind of environment they're going in, but every environment, everything gold don't, uh, don't glitter. So here, here we have Samuel in this environment being influenced by, you would think some of these, but somehow, some way, and I know prayer, through the prayers of these parents, this young man is being protected for such a time as this. When Eli grows old, his eyesight is bad. Now, one of his responsibility uh, in the tabernacle is, in fact, to keep the lantern lit during the night. Well, uh, at this time, Eli is uh, 96, 98 years old, uh, you know. Come six o'clock in the afternoon, Eli Lyston went out. So somebody, I, I don't know who was administering the lampstand. They didn't say that Samuel did it. It just says that Samuel was providing ministry to Eli. Verse three and four. Verse three. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where uh -huh. the ark of God was. Uh -huh. And Samuel was laid down to sleep. Uh-huh that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here am it I. Was, it was while they both slept. Notice that they were asleep. Notice that Samuel was asleep. And now Samuel clearly, as clear as day, hears a voice, and he responds to that voice, and yes, Mr. Eli, Priest Eli, how can I help you? Here am I. And Eli said, I mean, and 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 he ran to Eli. He ran to Eli because he heard a voice. He responded to a voice and he ran to Eli. And when he got to Eli, he asked him, Did you call me? And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go lay down, boy. You must be having a dream. And I think a whole bunch of folk who think they've been called, they, they should have taken Eli's advice. Because it wasn't the voice of God. It's just that they needed more sleep. But here is a good example where I can't say you can't say who was speaking. 
Eli just says, I didn't call you. Notice Eli didn't say, it wasn't, hey, it wasn't me and it wasn't God. He didn't say that. Because uh, in verse uh, six, Sister uh, Stallings, what did he, uh, what, what it was said? And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I call not my son, lie down again. Again, he's hearing a voice. He's hearing someone call him. And each time he says, here am I. He's responding to the voice. He's being dutiful. He's thinking it's Eli. He has no idea. He has no clue, Monty, who's calling him. And I would suggest that minute, and we'll find out in a minute why he hasn't a clue. Just, just in reading. Because uh, some uh, folk hear a voice, and it's a voice that's in their heads, but it's not necessarily the voice of God. Some folk clearly hear the voice of God and they ignore it. So in this example this morning, we're going to see what you do when it is God and what it's not God. If you're not certain that it is the voice of God that's calling you, go lie down. Take an aspirin. Take a sleeping pill. You, you need to sleep. And this is the way that Eli is guiding him, not knowing that in the very household where this child is being uh, matured, God is raising up his next generation of leaders. And the leader is going to be called prophet. Samuel is the beginning of the prophet, of the true prophet. Now, in verse six, he says, and the Lord called yet again. Is that what it says, Sister uh, Stalin? Yes. And Samuel arose and went to Eli. That's again. And said, here am I, for you did call me. And he answered, I called you not, my son lie down. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm sleeping, I don't like people awaking me. And he's thinking this priest is calling him. But notice Samuel did exactly what the priest said because he was there to minister. It shows you, it shows you that he could have just on the second time, let, let's hear it again. Uh, Sister Stalin, verse 7. Verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. All right, stop right there. You, you see? You, 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 oh, Terry, I saw, I saw you smile. You, you, you got it. You, you, that light bulb went on, didn't it? See, this is not a call to do, to do ministry. This is not a call to be a prophet, Sister Ogletree. Samuel ain't saved. Oh, y'all don't hear me? 
the call, the first two calls that, 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 that Samuel hears is a call to salvation. Because verse seven, clearly, I mean, that's as clear as you can get for you. It says, Samuel didn't know God. He's in the church. He's in the temple. He's doing ministry, but he knows not God. Years ago, uh, when Pastor Bailey uh, established a resurrection Baptist church of Brother Bogan, one of his main things was you didn't have to be a member to serve. And, you know, you know, you good Baptist, stiff neck Baptist and uh, uh, apostolic and gospel-stolic and all the mother stolics, you know, y'all probably thought that is the worst thing in the world. You got people up there serving and they don't even know the Lord. Reverse seven. <laughs> no, reverses three. I mean, uh, uh, chapter three, one through seven. You got a young man that is serving and doesn't know the Lord. Second example. You know, a lot of folk come out. Nah, you know, uh, uh, my children, I, I don't want them in uh, 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 ministry, doing ministry in the church until, until they uh, accept the Lord. What? Samuel is serving. And you know what? He's serving faithfully. And the Lord calls him. And it says, it had not yet been revealed to him. But you got to put him in a place to be called. That's why you take them to church. That's why all of you need to have a drug problem other than Oxycontin and, and weed and all of that. You need to have a, a drug problem. You need, you need to drag your children to church. So that's a drug problem. Past tense of that would be you drug them. So they're there, he's in the place, he gets the call. And he's responding. But the verse says, according to Sister Stalin, but he knew not God yet. Sister Stalin's verse 8. Verse 8. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. See, what, what happens is that there are folk in the early days uh, 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 Brother Monty, there, there were men and women in the church who that even when the child didn't know, they understood what was happening in a child's life. So that when that child came to them saying, you know, Brother Mama, why is this happening to me? Uh, Papa, what, why is this happening uh, to me? They knew. Well, man, Eli shook off the cobwebs and said, oh, it ain't me, and if it ain't me, and this boy who has been serving this time with me, who's been observing all of this, he does not yet know. I've got to tell him. I've got to tell him who that call is. And that's why I think that many times, uh, you know, we talk about uh, the young children who God calls and all of that. Uh, don't ever talk about who God is calling. You, 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 you don't know. 
You should be an encourager, if anything. In other words, you, you, you've got to make certain that, but the only way you're going to know is that you're going to have to use what revelation you have, what word you have. But, ver, but Sister Stalin read that he did not know the Lord, but now a call is given. He says, oh yeah, he says, that's God's call. And what did he tell him to do, uh, Sister Stalin? Verse, Verse nine. nine. Therefore, Eli said unto Samuel, go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, speak, Lord, by thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. <laughs> now faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So now Eli says, lie down, son. Same subscription. Go back to right where you were called. Do exactly what you were doing. But this time, your response near, needs to be different. Notice all the other time it says, I didn't call you. Go lie down. And again, he went and laid down. Then Eli perceived, this is God calling this boy. This is this child that was given to the temple for temple service. Early, this must be God calling. He says, son, now when you hear it again, here's what I want you to do. Tell God, speak, Lord. Speak. For thy servant heareth. Lord, I'm yours. Just speak to me, Lord. Speak that I might clearly understand. Speak to me that I might truly believe. This is called a salvation. Speak, Lord. Let your word come forth, Lord. Because I'm already, I'm doing the ministry. But my desire is not about ministry. It's about relationship. It's not about your title, what you're doing in church. It clearly says in verse 7, Sister Stalins, Samuel did not know God. Because he had no understanding. Eli tells him, you hear that voice again, you just tell the Lord to speak. Lord, say whatever you want to me to say. I'm ready. I'm receptive. So, so what we have here, Sister Ogletree, is a model that says, whenever God truly speaks, your response is really key. Your response is really key. It could have said, look, I done heard this voice all night. You don't kick me up. Eli, old man Eli says he's not calling me. I'm not saying anything. But he listened to instructions and he followed it to a T. Let's read verse 19 and 20, Sister Stallings. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did not let none of his words fall to the ground. Verse 20. And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. Mm, that's interesting. Because in that, we have him being called to salvation and called to ministry. 
And see, a lot of folk read that and they, 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 they said, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, got saved today. The Lord wants me to preach tonight. It's experiential, but it's not normative. That's not the normal pattern. God is doing something different here. He's instituting the prophetic uh, polity of a nation. And he says, I no longer use uh, 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 judges, but prophets. Prophets that will speak to the kings, to the priests, kings that are coming. That's what God is doing here. And so he raises up this one anointed one to hear his word, hear what he has to say, respond to his word, and now obey. Verse 19 says that Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and did not let none of his words fall to the ground. But isn't that what God told him when he spoke to him, Sister Pillow? Isn't that what you're reading? Isn't that exactly what he told him? He says, you're going to, there's going to be evidence that you are a true prophet. Because whatever you say, God is going to uphold it. And see, to me, that's how you test all the prophets. These folk run around now talking about their prophets and all. And, and, and it is clear. Samuel is there not to uh, be a, 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 a predictor of the future. Samuel is anointed to say what God has said to him. And that includes past, present, and future. And God says, whatever you say, I'll ne never let one word fall on the ground. That, that's how you know you got a, 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 a preacher on your hand. That's, that's how you know you got a proclaimer of the gospel on your hand. That's how you know you got a teacher. He says what God says. Because our opinions don't matter. When I, our opinions don't matter. And we've got, we, we've got as a church, we've we got to start standing up. we got to get some backbone. And we've got to say, you know what? The Bible says. Minister Brown, the Bible says. Deacon Newsom, the Bible says. Brother Bogan, the Bible says. Sister Pillow, the Bible says. Because your opinion doesn't matter. Because your opinions will fall on the ground. You know how one day you thought this would uh, stop the spread of COVID and the next day you had to amend it? You know, one day you thought this was the police's response to a particular situation and the next day is something else. But you know what? If somebody would have said from day one, God said about COVID, you could have trusted that. It would have never changed. If someone could have said, and God said, this is what happened on the 24th of May. We would have never had a problem. We would have never had the doubt the suspicion that we currently are living with, simply because people don't want to just say what God says. And here we have young Samuel, who has matured to the point. Let me tell you something about this bad young boy. He's matured to the point that throughout all of Israel, he's known. 
And they know when Samuel speaks, he's speaking for God. When Samuel speaks, he's not going to say anything that God didn't tell him to say. If they could have just remembered that before they got to chapter 7. Because we're in chapter 3. And the last time I checked, if there's a 3 and a 7, there had to be a 4, 5, and 6. And let me tell you something about these folks. They were spiritual harlots. They were spiritual thugs. Because I just told you that the priest's sons were sons of the devil. They were worthless men. They did all kinds of stuff in the temple. And the priest turned his head. And one of Samuel's first assignments, Brother Bogan, was to go tell the priest a priest that he had been loyal to what God was going to do to him and Israel for what they had done. A couple of things I see in this Samuel lesson. People that are over you in the Lord, you got to serve them. You got to be faithful. And God will honor that service. Because God put them there, and God can take them out. It is not up to you to be putting and taking out anybody that God has called. And so the last time I checked, God said, the priestly line. God called the judges, and now he's calling prophets. And he says, whoever is there, and he's always demanded loyalty. But when God gives you instructions otherwise, and make sure it's from God, don't go down and, you know, have one of them bad ravioli dinners and then get up and come talking about, I, I need to have an appointment with the pastor. I need to tell him where he's not and what he's not doing and how he should run the church and all. That ain't your responsibility. Your responsibility is to do what God tells you to do. Because we're going to see that Samuel did exactly. Let me give y'all just a quick overview so we can go. Samuel goes, he tells Eli, this is what's going to happen. You know what? You boys that went out there on your own, kind of messed out with them Philistines, or the, y'all call them Philistines. You know, them, them Philistines, them some bad boys. They came and took the Ark of the Covenant, and they thought they, 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 uh, we big and bad. We do what we want to do. Oh, yeah, y'all conspired to come against us. Oh, yeah, we're going to take all of this. We're going to take your most sacred piece of artifacts. Now, they raised a whole bunch of cane, but they engaged those folk without seeking the Lord. Because when you're out of the will of God, you don't ask God for advice. So you've got to be responsible for what happens. Well, let me tell you, in chapter four, Eli's sons die. In that same chapter four, he gets a message. Eli gets a message while sitting on a stool. He sits on, he's sitting up there all fat and bloated and he hears that his son's been killed. And you know what? He fell off the stool and broke his neck and died judgment 
Samuel, Samuel didn't have to go against this man of God who was appointed over him, who God had, had allowed in this dispensation to minister to his foe. But God judged. The Philistines took the Ark of Covenant, came it, but you know, praise be to God. God's always got ram in the bush. He, he'll, he'll use your enemies uh, to discipline you. But in chapter seven, chapter seven, chapter seven, chapter seven, I tell you what, uh, chapter seven, chapter seven, verse three and four for me. And we're going to get out of here. Chapter 7, verse 3. Uh -huh. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods, and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve <laughs> him only, and he will deliver you out of the hands of the Philistines. Uh -huh. Then, then the four. children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth, and serve the Lord only. You see, here's Samuel doing, he had to do the tough job, tell him about God's man, tell him about judgment, tell him that judgment is coming, but judgment is still on the nation. People are comprised, I mean, nations are comprised of people. You got to get people right before you get the nation right. And then God tells the man, look here, you tell the nation, stop putting other gods before me. Turn from your wicked ways. Stop, stop uh, 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 worshiping the gods of the Canaanites and all them other ites. What? You need to turn to the one true God. Samuel, this is your message. Tell them to repent. They've been doing wrong. Tell them to repent. We've got people now in positions who don't want to tell folk they need to repent. And if you don't tell the people, the nation will never repent. How are you going to tell a nation to repent when you haven't told the people to repent? God says, this is what I want you to tell them. He says, if you put away your gods and serve me only, I'll do something for you. I will relieve you of this critical judgment. Uh, read the rest of the verses uh, for me, uh, 5 through uh, 5, 10, and 12. Verse 5, and Samuel said, gather all Israel to Mizpeth, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. First thing Samuel says, I've told you what the Lord said. Now let's have a prayer meeting because prayer really changes things. It, it, I want you to gather all the folk and let's have a prayer meeting. Sister uh, Stalins, verse 10. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering and Philistines drew near to battle against Israel, but the Lord mm -hmm. thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. Prayer is powerful, but prayer and worship, oh, <laughs> that's a deadly weapon against the enemy. 
<laughs> Sister Vanessa, that's a deadly. That's a oh oh. You're talking about that. The uh, uh, the Philistines didn't stand a chance. They were big and they were bad. They had the Ark of the Covenant, but here we said, you know, even though they display, even though they don't have their artifacts of worship, brother boy, I want you to see this. You may not have everything you want, but you still can come in prayer. You, you may not be able to gather in your uh, old campuses, church and rock, but you still can worship. He says, gather, let's have prayer meeting, and let's have worship. And he says, lo and behold, God bought a thunder. He, 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 he struck a lightning bolt on them, those Philistines. And they were defeated. Verse 12 is very interesting. Verse 12. Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mespeh and Sheen and called the name of it Ebenezer and saying, uh -huh. hitherto hath the Lord helped us. The Lord helped us. When did the Lord help? After we prayed, after we repented, prayed, and worship. The Lord helped us. Here's how much the Lord helped them. You remember those Philistines who took that Ark of Covenant, uh, Sister Vanessa? They begged them to take it back. <laughs> they said, look here, look here, y'all please, just, just get rid of this thing. We don't want it. Take it back. We're sorry. But here it says, the Lord put a thunder up on them. They were never the same. Oh, yeah, didn't annihilate them. They were still hung around. But that's the way it is. If we want the Lord to do something, first of all, we need men and women, boys and girls, to first of all, hear the voice of God and respond to the voice of God. And we need people that will respond in obedience. Do what the Lord said do. And then we will see how God gets glory by giving you the maximum help. God gets glory by giving you help. But he's not going to let you be trifling and talking about you're his people and you won't repent of your sins. You won't even acknowledge it. You, 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 know, you act like you're having some sort of cognitive uh, 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 dysfunction. But God says, hear my voice, obey my voice, and I will give you help. That's what the call in the ministry of Samuel teaches us this morning. Hear his voice. Obey his voice, and God will give you help. See you guys next week.